What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 121, and here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm great, actually, but I'm overwhelmed. Alex, uh, transfer window closes. You have ridiculous games. You have the uh, Champions League draw, the Europa League draw, the Conference League draw. I mean, everything just comes all at once, and it is impossible to keep up, but we're going to do our best, right? We're going to do our best to keep up with us? Fuck that we're going to do the best we can because the community deserves it. And if you love the weekly podcast, the Monday show, do not forget to like the, this video on YouTube, episode 121. It's going to be a long season and a fantastic one because at the end, we have the Euros. And we already have national oh, yeah. team football next week. So the podcast next <laughs> week is going to be dedicated a lot to national team football, international football. But... Premier League football has been unbelievable. And on Saturday, something ridiculous happened. It was the second time ever in Premier League history that three players scored a hat-trick. Son, Haaland, and Evan Ferguson. All three did on the same day. The second time ever that that has happened. So, like, yep. in terms of talents, I'm happy, Breton. I'm so stoked <laughs> for what's happening. I can... I can absolutely imagine you are. Um, I mean, even crazier, Evan Ferguson did it in style, right? Uh, and I believe um, that Evan Ferguson, you know, I think you've got more to say mm -hmm. about this, but very clearly, uh, it looks as if this this kid has been in this league for years. Yes. Uh, he's got confidence of a 28-year-old, not of an 18-year-old. Um, and to be honest, uh, this is just a testament to what, Brighton has done. Mm -hmm. I mean, what Brighton has done in terms of giving him that confidence, in terms of um, building the actual people around him uh, to make Ferguson uh, have his shots at it. And and who did he join on the day? It was it was Evan Ferguson. It was Erling Holland, and it was Son. And that in and of itself, putting Son in that category, uh, consider you know comparing it to last year uh that that's like some pretty good company to start the year uh but to have an 18 year old score a hat trick um <laughs> it's, it's just it's special uh, it's amazing. special Bretton. Yeah. and evan ferguson scored a hat trick against the champions league side newcastle yes. this season and he has got 24 premier league games 10 goals and two assists at the age of 18 the best mm -hmm. irish player right now in football that can be said. He's not British. The best Irish player. I'm so proud to say that. And it's just a start for Evan. Completely. And you oh, said Son. It is. Son. Yeah. Son at striker has to be mm -hmm. what, what happens at Tottenham. Clearly. Richarlison was lacking in goals. And we saw that in full hand against Burnley. Burnley ain't an easy team. But Tottenham, the oh. new style of play Tottenham of Bing Ange with Son as striker. Three goals scored. And it's just yep. so good to see the fullbacks highly involved. Destiny Udogi and Pedro Poch. You heard it here yes. first at FC Wonder Kid. That will be one of the best fullback duos this season. And then you see James Madison with the number 10. Yep. Completely inspired. One of the best signings this transfer window. And look, I know you're a big fan of Brendan Johnson. Will we, will yes. we see him play, Brendan? That was a bold move well. for 45 million. Or 40? Yes. Yeah. I, I believe he actually will. 
Um, I believe he will. I think, uh, yeah, you know me. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a financial <laughs> stickler when it comes to this. So they definitely overpaid for him. But what it comes mm. down to is Brennan Johnson gives a completely different profile uh, for Ange um, than any other attacker that he currently has. Uh, he's going to be the paciest player on the field by far. Um, so he will definitely get his opportunities. But it, it, you know what? You know what's like a breath of fresh air? Um, it's the fact that every one of these signings so far, mm-hmm. right, for Spurs, have seemingly had a purpose, right, that, that, that you know why they're there, right? Brennan Johnson is the first time I looked at it and said, might this be a panic buy? Mm-hmm. And then you think about it, and I really think that Brennan Johnson could do very, very well at Spurs because he is not Kulisevsky. Mm-hmm. He is not Richarlison. He is not Son. Um, Johnson will get his uh, shots. And you have to remember, in a purely counterattacking team mm-hmm. last season with Nottingham Forest, he had eight goals and three assists. That's right? True. That's a pretty good job for a team that was a relegation battler for most of the year um, and brought in like 25 players around him. And he's still shown as the best player in the field. So I thought about this one a lot, and I'm glad you even brought it up because mm-hmm. this was the first time in Spurs' window where I was kind of like, Ooh, is that necessary? And you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I think it's a winner. I like this one. I like the Brennan Johnson signing, and I am a big fan of Spurs right now, as I said at the beginning of the season. It's early, but what, what is it? 14 points out of, uh, or 13 points out of four games? That's a damn good way to start, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's four games, 10 points. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I okay. agree. Unbeaten, unbeaten yeah. right now. I agree. Uh, but it's it's good signs. I completely agree with you, Bretsons. Tottenham yeah. have changed, and let's see what's gonna happen with this season coming now. But um, yeah, you could be right. I'm so sorry. But like, uh, let's go with uh Chelsea. Chelsea that is not yeah, having the same go. luck. Okay, mm-hmm. and I saw a piece luck. of news that I was pretty surprised. And under I understand now, like it's hard yeah. if you don't sign experience. And Chelsea have a policy that has been speculated that they couldn't sign any player above the age of 25, and that's why James Madison didn't go to Chelsea. Look what it's got them. Not the best transfer window, in my opinion. So if Madison would have gone, that would have been much better, but they did get Cole Palmer. Joe Shields, I think he's going to be, he's highly involved in in that deal. Joe Shields, if you don't know, director of scout, he wasn't at, at, at City, he was at Southampton, and now he's at Chelsea. And he always brought Romeo Lavier wherever he got, wherever he went. <laughs> so yeah, seeing Chelsea how it's going, it's it's worrying. It's worrying to lose it, with nothing in Forest. It, it is, and it, it, do, it doesn't necessarily make sense, that particular transfer policy. We all know it makes sense for football manager. We mm-hmm. all know it makes sense for football manager. Plus, it's more fun when you're scouting all the wonder kids in football manager. But listen... This particular policy does not get you back to the top of the podium. It means you also have to thread the needle of continued development, right? Mm -hmm. Not just of the player himself, but also the psyche of the player. And I don't think Chelsea's necessarily equipped for that unless they started at Cobham, uh, per se. And I really just don't understand how 1.2 billion, 1.2 billion euros, in just three windows, they have averaged 10-plus players coming in, and they have created almost an overload of competition when it comes down to it that I feel like half these players coming in that are under the age of 23, or I'm sorry, all of these players, what is going to make them better, Alex? What is going to make them better? Playing oh. time. 
playing mm -hmm. time. And if you can't offer them playing time, what the heck can you offer them? So why? Why couldn't they go after maybe carve off $200 million of that and go after a Rafa Leal instead of going after three guys like Mudrik, uh, Matawake, and uh, come on, help me out with another one, like a Chukwameka, mm -hmm. who are all going to step on each other's toes per se. I know that's not a perfect you know, trio there. But that's what I don't understand about this. Fine, have that policy in place, mm -hmm. but also have an exception rule where you look at a James Madison or, hell, you look at like – any one of the, the, the shrewd pickups that have happened in the Premier League, like Ward Prowse at, at West mm -hmm. Ham, right? Look at these guys that can make an impact right away and help facilitate the development of those wonder kids you bring in. Completely. You and I are all for this, but I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. The only world-class from the get-go player that they signed, Alex, we both know him. And Enzo Fernandez. And Kunku, too. Enzo Fernandez. And Nkunku. You're, I think, I you're think absolutely Pochettino right. I think Pochettino is yes. very unlucky with Nkunku getting injured. I honestly see the style of play of Chelsea, and I think he was surrounding it around Nkunku. And honestly, Caicedo didn't have a bad game against Forrest, but that mistake led up uh, to the goal mm -hmm. that Elanga scored. Mm -hmm. So he capitalized. And I, I completely no. agree with what you're saying. Todd Boyley, this, the Todd Boyley era at Chelsea, you cannot say they're in a better state than what they were before he arrived, Todd Boyley. No way. And that is what's right. worrying. You had a hazard, hazard-type players in the past. Now you have yeah. Mudrik that wants to play more. He needs to play yeah. more in order to develop. I completely, completely agree. It's 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 yeah. looking bad right now at Chelsea. It, 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 it is, and I'm also like – I. I think they overpaid for Cole Palmer. It, it's weird to me that Manchester City, I mean, maybe mm. not that weird, but they would sell to uh, a, a technically a in-league rival, um, but they clearly don't see Chelsea as a threat, period. And that's why Cole Palmer goes there. We know he's immensely talented, but at the same time, you, should you really be spending 47 plus million on someone that's just immensely talented? And that's that's what just... It, Very well it rankles me. It rankles me because you've got guys like Nico Jackson. You've got guys like Mudrik. You look at them as guys that should be, um, you know, guys coming in off the bench or getting spot because you have, you know, spot starts because you have Champions League. You don't have Champions League football. So to give, you know, Mudrik 15 minutes to shine over, I think, what, 11 of his 17 games or something, and then his his confidence goes plummeting mm -hmm. because he's not off the mark. He's not doing well. Um, I, I just don't see this is going to literally be pervasive throughout their whole entire team. You see it in Nico Jackson I right agree. now, too. He's, he's got six big, six massive missed chances this season. He's getting in those places. One of these days, I'm sure he's going to put them in the back of the net. But as of right now, that's got to degrade a person. Um, so, and, and yeah, Caicedo needs time. Everybody needs time. But he can prove a lot, Nico Jackson. He, he I agree he with chances creation. Yeah. And he will be capitalizing on them soon. I agree with that. But you said City. Yeah. They don't see Chelsea as competition by selling Cole Palmer. I completely agree. Like, City yeah. is the team that sold Aguero. And they got Julian Alvarez and Erling Haaland in the meantime to replace them. So, the management of Man City understands that right now, they are in a world-class level. That top of the world. Top of the world. Yeah. So, saying with mm -hmm. Man City. Man City. <laughs> what a week it was for Erling Haaland. Yeah. Er Erling Haaland yeah. became the PFA Player of the Year. Player, I, yeah. Erling Haaland became the PFA Player Players. I, Erling Haaland became the PFA Player of the Year. He won the UEFA. Yeah. <laughs> 
player best player awards and he scored a hat trick in this beautiful game that made him become the the quickest to score 42 goals in 39 games ever in Premier League history. Erling Haaland Goodness. is doing this, and he's going to be top three in the Ballon d'Or, if not win it, okay? It's a discussion in the Ooh. internet right now if he wins it or mm -hmm. not. I think he's not going to win it, but still, I think he's going to be no. runners-up in the uh, competition of the Ballon d'Or. But City right now are 12, 12 points, four games in. Yeah. They're looking unbeatable, and honestly, right now, nobody wants to face City because Guardiola has everything organized. He sold so many players, and yet he replaces them with quality too. That we'll be talking more in front in this podcast, ahead in this podcast. Okay, so stick 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 in the podcast to learn more about the best moves that City did. So, do you have anything? Yeah. In the Premier League, more Breton, big big things. Well, uh, Liverpool. Uh, just a shout out. <laughs> well, yeah, Liverpool looks good, man. I mean, mm -hmm. Dominic Sobislai looks great. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, but to be honest, just to go back to City, a quick shout out to Oscar Bob, uh, the 20 year old, also Norwegian talent winger. Um, to be honest, I thought he was a little bit younger than that, but my goodness, it, it, Norway is cooking for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're keeping track of this stuff, because Holland, Odegaard, sure, they're like the old guys yep. when you come to, when you come to think of it, but behind it, you've got Bob, you've got Antonio Nusa, you've got Sheldrup, who I understand is moving back from Benfica, uh, to, to Norgeland, which is going to be great for his development moving forward. Um, but what it comes down to is, uh, I, I don't know if it will actually come to fruition, um, but Oscar Bob, um, if he becomes uh, another Rico Lewis under Pep Guardiola, um, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I could see it happening. It's... The kid is lightning quick, and he has he has you know the ball is glued to his feet. So it was great to see him get some time. Um, and I'll be honest, I did not get to see the game. I got to see what he did afterwards. Uh, I and that uh, game. color, he was quite yeah. good. Quite good coming off yeah. the bench. He seemed really good. Yeah. Sergio Gomez too highly involved as it seems. Uh, with Man so, City, and I'm going to go more about yeah. Man City ahead with their transfer policy that we're going to talk of the best clubs and in the transfer window. But going with Liverpool, Liverpool are 15 yes. games unbeaten, 10 wins, mm. 5 draws. Jurgen Klopp has the team he watched finally with a new midfield and a new number yeah. 8. Dominic Shabazzlai. The Dominic Shabazzlai is one of the best under-23 talents in the world. If you watch Hungary, if you watch Leipzig when he wasn't injured, you would know that he's one of the best free-kick takers in the world too. Liverpool fans, uh, I, you are just getting started to see a great, great career. And I want to say too, Salah staying is a must if Liverpool are going to get top four. Darwin is with confidence, but having a player like Salah, he's uh, uh, unreplaceable. You can replace him, especially when the sure. transfer window has finished for us, but not for the Saudi League. He can go in a but year for the same price, in my opinion, okay. Mo Salah. Okay? <laughs> in my opinion. I'm not joking. And Trent. No, I no. want to say Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm -hmm. too, had a magnificent, magnificent game. And I think Trent acknowledges that right now he's one of the leaders of Liverpool, one of the oldest players serving yeah. with Jurgen Klopp, and he's got 55 assists in the Premier yeah. League, ahead of Juan Mata, yeah. ahead of Hazard, and ahead of Ozil. Trent, at well, such a young age. Champions yeah. League winner, he might win another Champions League too in his time at Liverpool. That's the dedication Ooh. and how good he is. I don't know if it's with Klopp, and, but I think he's going to be a player that stays at Liverpool. 
are, are we thinking of revising our predictions, our pre preseason predictions right now? I mean, you sound pretty high on uh, high on Liverpool, but no. Uh, about Liverpool, you mentioned uh, first off, hey, they got that win over the weekend uh, Big win without against Van Dyke, Villa. right? Yeah, Big win. they I got that, that win. Uh, yeah, and and there. So yeah, my biggest takeaway from this weekend is: are there is there a cause for concern? When it comes to the clubs like Newcastle, clubs like Aston Villa, clubs like mm-hmm. Chelsea, um, for Aston Villa to come out, uh, come off a big win, but have that opening day loss to Newcastle at 5-1 and then follow it up with this loss. It just seems like they are going to be struggling all season um, and beyond potentially uh, to get that next lifeline or that next line up mm-hmm. uh, to another tier, uh, whereas Newcastle's in that same boat. Three straight Premier League losses for Newcastle mm-hmm. United. Nick Pope had what I would call a very uncharacteristic tough mistake. Games, though. Um, City, it, they are Brighton. tough games. They are tough games. But 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 that is what you prepare for. That is what you bring in Tenali for. I don't know why you spend as much as you spend on a Harvey Barnes and an Anthony Gordon, but it is what it is. I did say there'd be a reversion to the mean with some of these players. It still is very early, but they had five. Newcastle United had five losses all season, last season. They already have three, and they've done it three in a row. And on top of that, Alex, guess what happened? Mm. They got punched in the face this week. They got a Carabao Cup next draw against who? Manchester City, and then they've got a Champions League that would be considered, I'd be surprised if it's not considered, the actual group of death, right? Maybe. PSG, Bo Russia Dortmund, uh, who am I missing? Newcastle United, and, and AC Milan. Milan. We're yeah. going to get more with so, the Champions League predictions in this video, but uh, completely, completely agree with what you're saying with Newcastle. It's going to be an interesting season, especially when they get top four last season. That was well said, yeah. Bretton. And a huge game. Let's not forget. Rice, rice, baby, okay? 3-1 win from Arsenal. Like, to see the VAR call on Garnacho, the face of Garnacho said it all afterwards. And seeing Mm. that after Havertz is subbed out, I'm not saying Fabio Vieira had a masterclass against Man United, but the influence (laughs) clearly had some with Gabriel Jesus coming on too. And Fabio Vieira got that assist, and it was a 3-1 win. And I, I, I'm starting to be worrisome. Like, Arsenal fans, you should be worried if Havertz is starting every game because it seems uh. to be a handicap towards playing a parte rice Odegaard or even playing a rice Fabio Vieira Odegaard, two midfields that are more in form right now. So let's see if Havertz can get back to form that we've seen, what, three years ago? Like, that's the case oh. right now. That is the case. Yeah. But, a res- a b- yeah. but you can say right now that Man City are the favorites to win the Premier League, but that Arsenal yeah. win, the resilience showed. Once again, once again, they still haven't lost, and they have only one draw, okay? And they, this is an important win in terms of motivation. you got to win these yeah. games, and Declan Rice, that's why, that's why they pay big on him. Big on him. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that is a fight-to-the-end type of mentality, and it was much needed, uh, especially after, I believe, it's Thomas Partey news, right, that he'll be out maybe a month or two. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Arsenal, I'll be honest, they, they look vulnerable the majority of the game, and so did United. Uh, United is, oof, um, not going to say they, they really didn't do much well, um, Alex. I, there's nothing that I'm looking at and saying, oh, yeah, this is a team that's going to replicate um, their position uh, in um. in the Premier League this season. But I'll tell you, what stood out to me in that game mm-hmm. was the Mart- Martinelli giveaway 
that led to the Marcus Rashford goal, mm -hmm. where we saw that William Saliba and Ben White in this instance uh, were definitely vulnerable at that moment uh, when Rashford was able to kind of put it, uh, put it past, curl it past them when they both kind of did the same thing. But what I loved about it was Martinelli gave that away uh, to Erickson. Erickson then uh, threaded the through ball. Great. One minute later, Martinelli is the one that finds Martin Odegaard uh, through four, through traffic, basically. Mm -hmm. And Odegaard puts away one Great of those response. shots that you look at and you're like, oh, that's simple. But mm -hmm. that, that isn't simple to do. Um, that type of resilience, I think, showed itself uh, throughout pretty much the, the whole entire game for Arsenal. So, yeah, Arsenal comes out on this one, although I think they... I think that Garnacho call, while it was, I guess, the right call mm -hmm. uh, based on VAR, it's just so, it's, so it's, tough. It's, it's hard to see so VAR tough. making those calls. I agree. And what I liked about it is to see two different <laughs> styles of play. The Eric Ten Hag patient game against the speed Arteta build-up play with the inverted fullbacks highly involved too. It was a clash yeah. of styles of play. And for, for football fanatics and analytics, I am sure they're going to dig deep on this one because there was a lot of duels that were, were very, very interesting. Like Asaka Dalo. Dalo played quite, yeah. quite well. But the, the, my interesting point is Rashford, when he plays at winger, clearly different, okay? He was a threat, mm -hmm. a constant threat, and Rashford has 28 goal scored against the big six mm. in the premier league he loves the big games he's a clutch master and please play hoyland rasmus winter hoyland from the start in the next games for man united it was a clear difference and if you see the garnacho goal it starts with a touch of rasmus winter hoyland he makes the difference so let's see if man united can get top four and arsenal i think will but it's still a discussion, okay, when you see Tottenham playing so good in other Premier League teams too. But don't forget to like this video and comment for more videos about Arsenal, United, Premier League, Premier League topics. <laughs> but yes, Bretton, a lot happened in the Premier League. But Premier League clubs are involved in this competition. The biggest European sure. competition, Champions League draw came out. And now we're going to do the FC Wonder Kid. Champions League predictions from Group uh, A well, to Group H, and I'm expecting you gotta, some bold takes, mate. I'm expecting some. Yeah, bold there, takes. there, there will be some. But if you've got a drink handy or something, let's pour one out. To obviously, this is the last time we will be doing group predictions oh. uh, because it will be a whole new Champions League next season. Mm -hmm. um, and my goodness, are there some juicy groups in this one, and it's going to make me miss it all, uh, all the while here. But you know what? We can move on to mm -hmm. in the future. We will have this type of Champions League format that will go into the wind and never be seen again in its format. Uh, we'll have it at the Club World Cup starting in 2025. So we can talk about that when it comes down the pike. But my goodness, these are mouth-watering. I guess, do you want to start at Group A or do you want to just confuse yes. people and go all over no, the place? No, no, okay. no. Let's go Group A, okay? But while we're doing yeah. it, don't forget to comment your predictions for each group. I'd like love to see it. And like this video for more videos just like this okay pp we want to yeah. see your support in the comment section and in the like button so group mm. a an interesting yeah. one with bayern munich man united copenhagen and galatasaray what do you think mm -hmm. who's gonna pass Bretton, in group a okay who's gonna pass okay here we go uh i don't know if i can do this i'm not gonna do it i got bayern Sure, they left it late against uh, Gladbach over the weekend. You got Matisse Tell chipping in an 87th minute goal. Mm -hmm. Great to see that because they're going to need it. But this particular group I don't mm -hmm. think is going to buy, uh, bother Bayern Munich. You've got Bayern Munich at the top for me. Mm -hmm. I've got 
I was thinking about it, but I think Manchester United will get their act together. I think they will finish second tier. I think Galatasaray will be a whole lot closer. And I was the one that said that they likely could be in for a big, big, big mm-hmm. uh, Champions League this particular season. I'm just not, I, I, I just can't do it yet. Uh, but Galatasaray in third, mm-hmm. um, even though I think an Icardi and a Zaha could definitely surprise a United in second, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got my favorite team actually out of the bunch in fourth. That's Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Simply because they've got three 18-year-olds you got to watch out for. Four, actually. One is playing less than the others. But you've got Rooney Bargy, who's actually has 17 going on 18. You've got Ori, Oscarson, the striker, and you've got the Hoyland twins. Yes, the brothers, twin brothers of Rasmus Vinterholand are currently in the process of breaking through for Copenhagen. So if you're looking for FC Wonderkid in Group A, that's where you'll find it. Um, but they'll be fighting for third place, likely to find their way to Europa League. So Bayern, Man United, Galatasaray, Copenhagen. That's my group A. So they find themselves in fourth place. Then I completely agree yeah. with you, Bretson. Then Copenhagen will be the fourth place and Bayern Munich first and Man United second in this group. But go. let us know mm. if what if you agree with us in this one. So group B, a, li- a bit more interesting, yeah. I think, with the second and third because a lot more can happen mm-hmm. because we don't know. Europa League. <laughs> Let's wait, wait, wait. So group B has yeah. Arsenal, Sevilla, PSV, and Lens. So, who'd you got? Who'd you got passing in this group? I think this is my first uh, surprise. I have Arsenal winning it. I think full strength, whether it's full strength or it's Mm. depending on how long they're without party. I think the Urian Timber uh, injury just really sucks for them because he looked like he already fit in. But I don't think it's going to bother the Gunners. I think they'll be at the top of Group B. Um, But here's my surprise. My number two here is a team I think is very on the rise even after losing Xavi Simons. Um, I believe PSV Eindhoven. I mean, Luke de Jong has already had, he's got seven goals already this Johan season. Uh, they've, they've got Johan Bakayoko breaking through. I thought he'd move before the end of the window, but he said, no way. I'm not leaving. I mm-hmm. think we can win the thing, and I think we can do really well in the Champions League, and I want to see it through. And I, I don't know why he doesn't get more love. I love Joey Veerman. I am, I think I'm, I think I'm borderline obsessed with Joey Veerman. I'm actually surprised that Veerman did not move. So I'm picking PSV Eindhoven over Sevilla because Sevilla is doing what they did last year. They've started the La Liga season with three losses in a row, which I know probably virtually guarantees that they like get to the Champions League final or something because they're so weird like that. Um, but they lost to Valencia, Alaves, and they lost to oh, Hirona. Uh, so when it comes down to it, um, I, I don't know. I think PSV is going to take the step forward, and then Lens will be fourth place because they have not properly uh, replaced Openda and Seco Fofana, mm. in my opinion. Okay, I agree with you. Arsenal finally okay. back in the Champions League, and we both agree that Arsenal be- will be topping this group. I would love okay. to go with PSV for Johan Bakayoko, but Sevilla are the specialists in... Well, they Champions are. League, no. We're Europa League, so they might end third, but I'm going to go with them second in this one. But you went bold, okay. mate. You went bold because, yes, PSV could surprise a lot of people. And I have long like at them. fourth. So, Group C. Yeah. 
Group C is an interesting mm -hmm. one with a Portuguese team that, yes, they did it. Braga beat Panathinaikos in the playoffs. And Group C has Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga, and Union Berlin. It's absolutely mad to think that Real Madrid are going to be the Pereira in the stadium of Braga, okay? It's going to be mad yeah. and a great experience yeah. for all the Braga team. And it's good for yeah. Portuguese football, too. I believe in Group True. C, Real Madrid will be topping. Uh, with a Jude Bellingham masterclass consistently, as it seems to happen. Napoli second, uh, with Ozime yep. highly involved. And I think Braga will get third, uh, even though Union Ooh. Berlin is a great team. I think Braga will be getting Europa League. I'm showing my bias here, okay. but Bora La Bruma, Ricardo Horta, a lot of talent at Braga. Even Motini just landed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leipzig carved Union Berlin open, uh, but they were a man down. But I, I, but Xavi gonna, Simmons scored before. I watched that one. Xavi Simmons. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That you're right. You're right. And Xavi Simmons already a great mm -hmm. signing. We'll talk about those later. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, okay. I'm mildly concerned. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think anyone in Group C is going to threaten Real Madrid, even though Real Madrid has Eder Militao out, mm -hmm. even though they have Thibaut Courtois out. They got Vinicius Jr. out for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm not worried. And, and to be honest, I think there's a there's a person here that maybe not in the groups, but in the knockout stages could turn themselves into hero status. And that would be uh, the likes of Kepa. Uh, if he winds up being the guy um, that okay, he's not going to do Courtois things, but my goodness, if he if he got back to what made him the most expensive goalkeeper in the world form wise, uh, wouldn't that be nice for Real Madrid? But they're I don't think Napoli's going to come close. Um, so I have them a distant second Napoli. And I'm a little worried about maybe maybe defenses are starting to figure out Kafar at Skilia, uh, but doesn't really matter when you got Victor Osimhen, who at times is unmarkable. So I got Napoli in second, and then I'm going to flip it here. Uh, I know just because I love the story behind Union Berlin, I'm going to say Union Berlin goes third because of their stout defense. Um, and just a reminder that Union Berlin got back to the Bundesliga only four years ago, and they're now in the Champions League. They've been the breakout team in the Bundesliga for like two consecutive seasons, maybe even three consecutive seasons, and they've been punching well above their analytics. Um, so whether or not that luck runs out, doesn't matter. They're in the champions league. And I think uh, just being in the champions league is huge for them, but I've got them pipping Braga for third. I completely agree. Union Berlin is a team that surprised me a lot these past seasons yeah. and just touch, just touching what, what you said, Kvarat Skelly has only scored two goals since March in, uh, in yeah. Serie A. It's not looking too good. And I remember people clearly saying with confidence that Kvarat Skelly was better than Rafael Young. And mm. it doesn't seem to be the case. Even Chiesa is starting the Serie A season better than Kvaretskele right Rider. now. So let's see yeah. what's going to happen. And Ozime, watching that game with Lazio, it was worrying. Mm -hmm. Sarri had him figured out. Okay, He didn't score any goals. I think he didn't even have a shot on target too. So let's mm. wait and see. But I believe two. One in second, Napoli. For, uh, one Real, second, okay. Napoli. Okay, Group Kay. D with <laughs> another Portuguese team. Group D with Benfica. Inter, Red Bull Salzburg, and Real Sociedad. This is a difficult group to predict, yes. but I'm going to say this, Bretton. I believe that Benfica are going to end up first with the in with Inter in the that were Champions League finalists. Okay. But I still believe wow. that Benfica will have revenge on their minds and they'll be playing better football in October and November. Okay, I, I believe enough. in Benfica. Let's go.
Yeah. Uh, with Frederick Orsnes uh, yes. playing left back, right back, defensive mid, striker, goalkeeper. What, what position is he going to play? I, no, I know he was. He, he had a hell of a game over the weekend. I just game. I saw that. enough of that, and great to see him. Uh, well, I'm glad you were able to do that because I actually had that for a little while. Um, and I, I just I kind of like how Inter has started the season. I'm I'm more impressed that they have held on to their core, uh, Bastoni and Barella and Lautaro, um, and Taram has been decent so far. So they've started pretty hot, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I like the you know they've replaced the experience with more experience in the form of Alexis Sanchez, Arnautovic, um, Quadrado. Uh, so I do have Inter Milan finishing top here, but I do think it's going to be insanely close. And I think I agree with you. I think Benfica could definitely pull off what they did last season. Um, mm-hmm. They were in the group of death last season and right. They finished top of it. Benfica had um, Juve and PSG yeah. and Maccabi Haifa, and they managed to score six okay. goals to top the group. PSG thought Look they would that. end up first, but they worked themselves to go into oh, that my. first place, which PSG well, then got knocked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is like this is like a baby group group of death for me. It's not the group of death, but Group D is like a baby group of death because mm-hmm. RB Salzburg is always a wild card, Fuck. and it's that next man up mentality. They sell off. Hell, we just saw Sesco score his first two. I think it's his first two Bundesliga goals for uh, Leipzig yes. uh, after taking the step up from Salzburg. But listen, now they've got uh, you know Roko Simic scoring his scoring his first brace this season. You've got Karim Konate, who I think will be their next massive, massive lottery Roko ticket will be. out. Roko um, will he, be. he will be. I believe in Roko yeah. big time too, Bretton. I think both will be big, big, big for the well, Champions League at Salzburg because and, they play with double and, striker. And that, right, and and that's the thing is that I believe that they always keep these teams guessing. Now, with mm-hmm. with that said. With that said, um, they made history. I think Aronson was on the team when they did make history. Uh, but they made the, the only the knockout stage once, you know. But they always make it relatively interesting. So Salzburg, while I don't think they're going to threaten Benfica in my mm-hmm. predictions for second or Inter for first, I do think that they will pip out Real Sociedad for third and the Europa League. Um, but like guys like Kanate and and yep. Simic are going to make me watch but there are other guys umar soleil has started really hot this season Uh, sam samson baidu if you don't know the name you will after this champions league campaign and you have to think about this for for salzburg this is almost like their uh how much is that doggy in the window right it's it's them putting their their best talents on display and it's their next step up uh because ultimately two or three of these guys from this squad Baidu in particular in my opinion um Gorna Duath Lucas Gorna Duath their defensive mid uh Amar Dedic and either one of the strikers between Konate and Ses- uh Konate and Simic could could be on their way out so it and that doesn't even take in Kiergaard mm-hmm. um into uh into what you call into consideration so FC Wonder Kid of Group D is Salzburg, but watch out! Watch out for Sociedad. Uh, Takafusu Kubo is hot to start the I season, agree. and Arsene Zakarian um, is a new signing that I would definitely be watching out for. But I still have them in fourth. Completely agreed. Completely agree with a lot cool. you said. And Di Maria too could become the all-time assister in Champions League history in this campaign. He's got 38 assists, and if he be, if he gets four. He will be equal to Christian okay. Ronald with 42. So let's wait and see wow. if that is going to happen. So Group E has Feyenoord, mm. Atletico de Madrid, Lazio, and Celtic. Look, a lot of surprises can happen. I have in Group E, Atletico de Madrid topping it. 
But look, yeah. if Lazio gets second, if Celtic gets second, if Arnes Slots Feyenoord gets second, I'm honestly mm-hmm. not surprised. So this is an <laughs> underrated group of death in my eyes. So watch out yeah. for Celtic at home. I believe that's going to be a very tough ground. And I'm going to believe it's bold that Celtic... I'm not going to say, hi, man, it's Feyenoord or Celtic, man. <laughs> it's Feyenoord. But I'll go Atletico first, and I'll go Feyenoord second with Arnes Lott football with Santiago Jimenez at, at forward. I believe a lot uh-huh. in the style of play and what Matias Riefer and Gertroide, Igor Paixão, they have a lot of players that have stayed. I'm going well They do. Feyenoord. They do. Okay, okay. And, and Jimenez, I think, is already he's got five goals in his last three games against... Eh, okay, you're divisive talent, but still, you got to put the balls the, the balls in the back of the net. Um, you know what's crazy here is I I have Atletico Madrid at the top of Group A, and the biggest reason I have uh, is probably because of a lot of the transfer hangover, or the transfer drama hangover, whether it's around Joao uh, Joao Felix no. um, moving on, which we'll talk about later. But a lot of that has been put in the rear view, and already this season. Um, you know, Depay, I think he's already got a couple goals. Uh, Alvaro Morata already has three goals this season, which is whatever. If they can actually get, if they can actually get uh, solid, solid returns from them, I think Atleti will be at the top here. But I am definitely going to go uh, big, and I'm going to say it's going to be Feyenoord in second. Uh, Mats Viefer, they kept Hanko, they kept Gertruda, they kept uh, Jimenez. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So even with losing Koksu, um, I think that they will uh, gel, mm-hmm. get, get better. Um, but the only thing I don't like about it is that <clears throat> the the additions to their squad uh, have not been as strong. But they have kept a large enough core that I think they can beat a Lazio that before their win over Napoli, um, I believe they lost two matches to Genoa and Le- Lecce. Mm-hmm. Lecce? Lecce? Yes. How do you yep. say it? The Lecce. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so sorry is, you know, had a sorry start to the season, and he might have just bought himself some more time <laughs> with that pretty uncharacter- uncharacteristic win mm-hmm. um, over uh, Osimhen and, and Napoli. So uh, I'm going to say it here. If Lazio finishes third, like I'm predicting them to, I do have them as a pretty big favorite to win the Europa League, um, uh, unless Liverpool has something to I, say I don't have uh, about that. To win the Europa no. League, even though you have Brighton, yeah. you have West Ham, you have Roma. Roma is, I, yeah. I, 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 I still think it would be difficult, but oh, I agree that we'll Sagi is the variable that but, makes Lazio tick and Luis Alberto there. Immobile is not as big, but yes, the biggest player that left is Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. So seeing a team of Lazio without him is going to be very interesting. So tell us down below what you believe about Group E. Yes, Bretson. Last thing about that is um, I'm just surprised, you know, Celtic... Celtic brought in Paulo Bernardo, which I, I like, but I, I was starting to look at all their transfer history this particular uh, offseason, um, or I'm sorry, this summer, and my goodness, they brought in eight players under the age of 23. Mm-hmm. Eight players. Um, and the majority of them, I, I think the uh, quite a few of us uh, don't know a lot about. I mean, even Luis Palma, who I do know because he's CONCACAF, he's Honduran, he scored a bunch of goals in the Greek Super League, uh, but it, it feels like... It feels like Big Ange is actually still in charge of Celtic um, because, you know, bringing in these no-names from kind of elsewhere, it's going to be really interesting to see how they all gel. But you know what? They won the old firm recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think their atmosphere gives them that 12th man. Uh, And, uh, you know, I can't wait for Feyenoord Celtic because those are two ridiculously rabid fan bases. Uh, That's going to definitely win the day for atmosphere.
when it yep, comes down to it. It's true. And Group F now. Group F with PSG, Dortmund, AC Milan, and Newcastle. And this is the group of group death. death. It's the difficult yep. group to predict the second place. But the first, it has to be PSG. PSG made mad transfers this season. And if they don't end up in first with Mbappe staying, I don't know what yeah. should happen at PSG. Okay, so PSG, I got them first. And I have Asa Milan second. I love what they did in the transfer window. Even though I think St. James's Park is going to be a very difficult away fixture for Milan, I still have Milan second because they did go bold in the Champions League in the past year. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting. <laughs> it's so yeah. interesting that, remember, like, when everyone was saying Mbappe was going to Newcastle? Well, he is going to Newcastle after the takeover, <laughs> but as an opposition player, okay, playing for PSG. But it's mad to think that Newcastle, in the spa space of, like, 20 months, they're in the Champions yeah. League, and they got top four in the Premier League. So congratulations and learn from this experience with Bruno, with Tonali. They can surprise. Newcastle can get nine points at home. They can in the Champions League. So it will be an interesting game. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's, it's going to be all down to whether or not Alexander Izak can take another step up mm -hmm. and score goals. In the, in the Champions League, right, against these types of opponents, AC Milan, uh, Bo Russia Dortmund, and PSG. Uh, so I, I, that's why I got Newcastle. Um, oh, goodness. I have them in third, uh, and I've got Bo Russia Dortmund in fourth. Ooh. And believe it or not, I'm, this is going to be my crazy one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out there that I think AC, AC Milan is going to gel faster than PSG, uh, even though PSG has Kylian Mbappe. Um, but I'm going to say AC Milan at the top, uh, PSG in second. Um, so I think that's a that's a bold take, but one that if we've watched them early this season, they still have improvement to uh, the Rosaneri still have improvement to make. Um, but I really think that they can make it. Only injuries are in their way. I mean, hell, Tamori doesn't look his best. A lot of people don't look their best in that roster. They're still winning takes. games. You got two um, bold yeah. takes, mate. You got AC Milan ahead of PSG, and you have Newcastle ahead of Dortmund. That's yeah, well, take. you know, I, I, listen, Dortmund, I I don't like this. They're getting away from the trans po transfer policy, um, in my opinion, that they made that made them so dangerous and so exciting to watch all those years. Now, seventy thousand plus are still going to show up at the Signal Aduna. Exactly. That's not going to change that, right? So, yes, from an atmosphere perspective, again, this is like a plus for atmosphere um, all across the board, but. Dortmund, for, for me, I, I think maybe this is more me, like, mm -hmm. trying to get back at them uh, in some respects, and they're not listening. But, like, come on. They, they did nothing, in my opinion, to actually replace Jude Bellingham, right? And they're still riding the same horses that they brought in several seasons ago, whether it's Kareem Adeyemi and Danielle Malin and Yusufa Makoku, waiting. We are waiting for one of them to take the next step up, and it has not happen just yet and their transfer window means that they have they definitely have um faith that these guys are going to do it so i i will happily eat crow what i love about this though is christian pulisic going back to to signal aduna going back to dortmund um to where he made his his debut to to the team that essentially shaped him um so i love those types of storylines um that are all back across to the Milan. board here. and tonali absolutely back to Milan. that is a mad one yep. too after the newcastle yep. bottom for 17 million too but let us love know it. until now your predictions of all the groups down below go bold people okay in this video group game 
I think this is the yeah. easiest group to predict. Man City have the easiest group in terms of opposition, in my opinion. They literally what? Mm. They, they Haaland scored five goals last Champions League mm. against Leipzig in the, in the knockout stages. So Man City yeah. first. I think Ma Leipzig will be second. I have Red. Uh, I've got Young Boys third, and I've got Red Star fourth. <laughs> uh, trust the Swiss zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only reason I would put Young Boys below Red Star fourth, you know, in the group is because they just sold their best player and Fabian Reiter, uh sold him to Stad Rene. Um, so I'm a little bummed about that, but I think they are good enough to get uh, above a team that mm -hmm. has not won a group stage game in four years. Uh, Red Star, Red Star Belgrade, um, we'll see. And they haven't made it out of a group stage in 20 plus years or maybe even 30 plus years. But listen, you're right. It's the easiest one. Manchester City should actually be able to rotate through this. Um, and yeah, RB Leipzig points. is saying, yeah, and RB Leipzig is like, what do we do to deserve this? I mean, do are we going to see another <laughs> seven nil loss? Are we going to see another six three loss on the horizon? Um, and uh, maybe they'll try something different this time around. But that was with Nkunku. That was with Gavardial. That was with Sobaslai. So what's it going to be like without them? Um, <laughs> so Early we'll Holland has the chance with Leipzig, Red Star, and Young Boys to absolutely break. The record of one of, of Champions League scored in one campaign of Christian Ronald. Sure. So let's see if mm. he goes bold in those six matches. It can happen. And let's not forget yeah. that Man City were unbeaten in the last Champions League campaign. With this group, that's a pretty positive start for them, the knockout stages, that they will be but, favorites. But, favorites to win it but, again. But sir, so was Bayern. So was Bayern. <laughs> um, right, they were on. They were six and zero. Right, it's six true. It's true. I get you. Um, I get you. It's true. It's true. It, it, so was Bayern, and it hurt him. Hurt him in the end. But it I still him. think this uh, this transfer window, which we're going to talk more ahead, was elite by Man City. So here, the last yes. group, the group that, look, I think it's easy to predict too because the one and two is Group H with Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Royal Antwerp. Royal Antwerp, yeah. please pay special attention to Arthur Vermaer in this center mid that is absolutely brilliant and the future yeah. of his country, Belgium. Okay, so mm -hmm. pay attention to this lad of Royal Antwerp. So, yeah. Bretton, who do you have here? <laughs> well, uh, I do have, I've got Barcelona top. Ah. <laughs> um, we'll talk about them a, a little bit later, but I do think it should be relatively comfortable here. Yes. Although, obviously, Porto, Porto has kept Taremi. Um, for now, uh, and uh, they've got kind of a new midfield. I mean, Otavio left for the Saudi Pro League, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see Nico Gonzalez go back against the club that essentially made him. 21-year-old um, Lamezia product will get his shot at, uh, you know, going back to Camp Nou and, and seeing if he can disrupt some things or, you know, it's going to be really interesting. But very simply put, I think like you, I've got Barcelona at the top. I've got Porto in second. I've got Royal Antwerp. 66 years in the waiting to get back to a European competition. Um, and I will not rule them out because as a team, they're very, very solid. They've got guys like Jela Bataille. Uh, they also have Sumaila uh, Koulibaly. Um, mm -hmm. And let me, yeah, I got that name right. Koulibaly, who they plucked from the Dortmund Youth Academy. Dortmund wasn't going to use him. So they brought him over and he's True. been starting like crazy for him and actually uh, to relatively rave reviews. So as you said with Vermeeren, they have the most, some of the most intriguing players to watch for next season's big buys or the season after that's big buys. And then Shakhtar, who obviously 
you want to see do well based on what types of hurdles they are jumping over with the war still okay, going on yeah, there and yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. mostly a selling team mm -hmm. um but i've got royal Moving antwerp in third and yeah. yeah that was tough those tough losses in that one i completely agree with yeah. you Bretton. so we both have barcelona top in the group we have porto second and we have shakhtar third nope antwerp antwerp third belgium the belgium <laughs> winners <laughs> and they did pretty good to deserve that which that last day was on real just to just to see yeah. the just to see the live score I, I couldn't i couldn't keep up but people let mm. us know what are you thinking about the champions league predictions who would you have topping the groups and do you agree with all the predictions that we said let us know in the comment section and don't forget to like this video but we're fc wonder kid we're fc wonder kid mm. podcast and this transfer window was absolutely brilliant and we have five mm players each or we're going to refer more be maybe 10 maybe 12 we're going to just talk about the favorite moves okay that we've seen in this transfer window of under 23 ballers because some yeah. big historic moves were done and I'm, I'm gonna take the i know i'm wearing a barca jersey and i'm gonna talk about barca don't don't worry but i have to say this historic move that we have to start is jude bellingham jude bellingham even though Real Madrid don't have Vinicius, don't have Militão, they don't have mm. Courtois, they don't have Arda Guler, they have Jude Bellingham. Yep. They're in four games, five goals, one assist. He's the only player next to Cristiano Ronaldo to score in each of his four first four prim, uh, La Liga starts. Jude yep. Bellingham. That's the significance and the historic value that he's having. And you can clearly see, and I agree with Tony Cross. Tony Cross mm. tweeted... Uh, Tony Kost said this online. He said, Jude Bellingham is a top three player in the world right now. Tony Kost wow. went bold. And look, how can you disagree if you're watching Real Madrid in the Bernabeu? Bernabeu, yeah. first match in this new stadium, scoring in the 95th minute in bold fashion. How can you disagree with Tony Kost that he's a top three player in the world right now? Doing it as a Galactico yeah. with iconic celebrations too. Jude Bellingham, keep going bold. <laughs> yeah, and and he even said he he was almost brought to tears listening oh. to them chant his name. Uh, and the 95th minute minute uh, is just mm -hmm. winner is just the icing on the cake of what has been a ridiculously historic start uh, to time at Real Madrid. Which, to be honest. I think it's surprised everybody. I mean, I it, you know, we, we all know what he's made of and he's shown it time and time again um, with his time at Dortmund, but uh, to, to just step up and embrace the pressure. Um, it, it makes all of the other ones. I mean, this kid is barely what he's 20. He's 20. Right? Just turned 20. 20. Just turned 20. Uh, and and the, the way he leveled up and he elevated himself towards becoming yeah. a Galactico in the first month he's there. Like, how is that yeah. possible? Like, honestly, it's not normal. It's shocking. Shocking. Mm -hmm. Made in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh. So we agree that's the number one right now. Okay. Yeah. With the yeah, number yeah, two, yeah. I'm going to hear, uh, like, if you're hearing the podcast, you know we were talking about Man City big. And I know I don't have Guardiola as my, like, second best center back right now in the world. But Josh Koch Guardiola right. is one of the best center backs in the world. And sure. the fact that City have him. Next to Ruben Dias, next to Hake, so next to John Stones, so many options. And City, they just do this. And Guardiola yeah. will be one of the best defenders in the Premier League. And he's just arrived. 
City have yeah. Foden, have Rico Lewis, have Oscar Bob all playing this season, and they have sold James Trafford, Cole Palmer, Carlos Bosch for more than 75 million. City want mm -hmm. presence and future talents, and players like Vardiol, Holland, Alvarez, Doku are all just that. The standard yeah. that Guardiola demands, and he only wants world-class potential. Just wanted to say yeah. that. <laughs> well, um, ranking these on quality has been hard, but Gavardiol's pretty easy to put at number two simply because <laughs> Manchester City knew the target, went after the target, paid what they thought they needed to pay. I mean, uh, you, you know it's a... It's mm -hmm. a sign of a very quality club, also a quality company, mm -hmm. um, when they already have their plans set out and their business done relatively early, right, in the transfer window. And that right. was Manchester City. I mean, they, they didn't, I, you could argue they didn't necessarily need Gavardio, but my goodness, it's a luxury to have him. Well, um, so, yeah, I, I get – I knew you were going to pick him, too, <laughs> for the most part. Um, and, and my rankings are really off here. It's more like ones I've, I've enjoyed. So my number two like. is – Purely what we exactly. like, Yeah, and and I think I think you're gonna like this one because mm. my number two is Manuel Manuel Ugart for PSG. Um, it, another one done early. He's one of the first transfer targets that they had, even while the whole crazy Neymar Messi divorce, potentially Mbappe divorce, mm -hmm. <laughs> was going under. They knew that there was another era coming down the pike, Fuck. and one of the biggest. Uh, that they wanted to sign after the free transfer captures of Skriniar, um, who was it, Lucas Hernandez, Lucas Hernandez. and uh, Kangin yeah, yeah, yes. But out of this, they needed somebody that was not going to necessarily ask for the limelight, mm -hmm. that was going to literally give everything to literally rule that midfield. Um, and that's who Ugart is. Uh, he's not going to be the one that wants his name in the in the in the limelight. He's not going to be the one that wants the attention. He's going to be the guy that ushers in a new, maybe lesser superstar era uh, for PSG. And who knows? Maybe maybe it brings a different type of fan this to PSG. But Ugart was one of I think mm -hmm. eleven captures yes. in this transfer window. Transfers, and I, yeah. to be honest, I think he's one of the most consequential ones um, because he is going to have to uh, be huge for them uh, as they gel up front. I mean, Mbappe's got all his boys up there now. It's Mbappe's true. got Dembele. He's got you know. We'll and, talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But Ugart is going to be the lifeblood of that midfield moving forward. Um, and I think you agree with that, right? Completely, completely agree with that one. Completely agree. That move is a game-changing move for uh, PSG in terms of defensive mid. That They've never been so well in the last three years, in my point of view, with now defensive yeah. mid. And we're going to talk more about what they're going to play in midfield because, yes, I do think they had a good transfer window with Luis Enrique. Okay, so <laughs> here, another shout, I have to say. Jean Felix, okay, Jean Felix yeah. okay, is definitely one of the best moves in this transfer window because, look, people need to under understand Jean Felix at Barcelona has the potential to be in his prime straight off the bat, okay? He's happy, and Jean Felix, there's sacrifice, not just from Juan Laporta, but sacrifice mm -hmm. from himself too to be in this team, okay? Reportedly, I don't know if it's true, but they're saying he's going to earn 400000 in a year. I don't know if it's true, but what? Felix is choosing passion over money by going to Barcelona. And for Portuguese yeah. men to see Cancelo and Felix there, I'm hyped up. And he's going to be the Felix that we expected to see leaving Benfica. João Felix masterclass incoming. And please, look, I had a tear dropping too. And to see tears 
when he's announced as Barca player two, it's just mm-hmm. understanding because yes, he was being held, held hostage in a style of play that wasn't good. And even seeing him sure. doing the run at the end after the 90th minute, look with the fans mm-hmm. all booing him. Of course they're booing him. It's like torture to see that Simeone did that to a player like Felix that he didn't deserve that. So he's yeah. one of my top top under 23 transfers but we'll talk the more dude about just wants Barca. <laughs> yeah the, the the dude just wants to play ball exactly um and and I, I i hope i hope it's as as big as you say it is and i actually agree with you and you'll you'll see when we talk about the transfer windows in a mm-hmm. little bit but my number threes um maybe not as high profile but my goodness is his pri- uh, profile skyrocketed mm. uh relatively recently and that's victor boniface at Bayer leverkusen i, I it, had you, him uh, you do? I mean, you can't ask for a better start. And a lot of this is a product of Shabi Ball. Yes. Um, but it's also a product of the insane, atta- insane talent around him and a midfield that, oh, man, God, I hope Ezekiel Palacios and Shaka remain um, mm-hmm. uh, injury-free the whole season because Palacios, out of all, deserves it. But uh, it frees these guys, they're without Musa Diaby, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it frees Florian Viertz up. It frees a lot of these really good attacking talents to basically serve the ball on a platter to Victor Boniface. Um, and Boniface has five goals, two assists in his first four games. He's only played 340 minutes in them, so he didn't start in that. And I, I just think he's only going to get better and more dominant for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just insane to me that there was not more of a fight over Victor Boniface. I, I, they I got him for 20. Agree. I completely agree. Victor Boniface, striker, is one of the best buys mm-hmm. in this transfer window, not just under 23. I completely agree with you. And I think Boniface yeah. will finish top three Bundesliga striker, okay? At the end yeah. of this season, he'll be considered one. But Bayer Leverkusen are balling out. And Victor Boniface got called up too. For the Super Eagles, yes. Nigeria, next to Gift Orban too, which is fantastic to see them two getting it's recognized. It's fucked. Sure. But yes, I had Oof. him too, Bretson. <laughs> I had go. Victor Boniface too. Uh, but uh, yes, so who'd you have next? I'm sorry, Bretson. I wasn't expecting no, that's that one. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, you know what? We killed two birds with one stone. I'm going to say number four. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut here, Okay. This one intrigued me because I thought he was headed elsewhere. In mm-hmm. fact, I thought he was headed for Brighton. But Mohamed Kudus, in fact, is headed oh. to West Ham. He's not 24? And it was uh, – did he just turn – well, let's pretend he's 23 okay. for today if that's the case. I think he's still 23, though. I might be wrong. But listen, I've, we've, been, we've been following Kudus since, since his FC Nordland days, right? Since right. he broke through <laughs> – okay, good. <laughs> No, but I, we've been following him. He's a game changer. He He's absolutely huge for a West Ham um, team that, that needs him. I mean, I feel like Brighton's chock full of him right now with Matoma, and we'll talk about the other one that just landed at Brighton in a little while. But Mohamed Kudus at West Ham, it's just such great business for them. Not only that, they, they pilfered Ajax, West Ham did, for Mohamed Kudus and Edson Alvarez, right, True. with some of their Declan uh, Declan Rice money. But Kudus, the game changer, has been since his days at FC Norgeland. Um, I wouldn't say he took a step back at Ajax, uh, but, like, he was injured and he never really got fully going for them. But when he was healthy, my goodness, was he productive for them. So Kudus at West Ham mm-hmm. is exactly what West Ham needs uh, to ensure that a, a season like last season, which was so Jekyll and Hyde, uh, doesn't happen again. Uh, and I think that they're on the right 
right? Uh, th- th- let's just say it. West Ham, it was not the place that any of us expected Mohamed Kudus to go, right? Agree. You'll agree with me. I, I thought okay. Brighton were going to get him. And to see like yeah. how they're investing that Declan Royce money, they're one of the best teams making moves this transfer mm-hmm. window that we were going to be mentioning just in a bit. Uh, I'm going to mention yep. my last two. I've got... So I'm going to mention my last two, and I'm going to get dedicate them to Portugal. <laughs> because okay. Portugal, I think, elite moves were done by the three big teams. By the four, actually, if we include Braga. But I want to highlight mm-hmm. Fresneda. Ivan Fresneda just signed for Sporting right back. Pay attention to him. Let Ravalada lead. A lot of Barca fans expected to see about Barca. But look, Sporting got him. And now I believe that Fresneda and Nunsanch will be the best fullback duo in Portugal. I believe Baez is the lead right back, but look at the left back. Juracek could be doing better. So pay attention to Nunsanch with Fresneda next season at Sporting. That will be my shouts. Yeah. And my last one is Kokshu. Kokshu, Arkun Kokshu, oh. he played really, really well against Vitoria uh, yesterday, and I was pretty surprised how he did. And he's improving, okay? He's improving, developing. The more games are passing, the adaptability, you can see it. And ne- playing next to Jonevich, that was pretty special. So Arkon Kokshu, 25 million spent. Number 10, pay attention to him at Benfica. <laughs> I like it. Well, I'll go back to the Premier League. Um, I- I'll-, I'll be very honest. I did not expect him to get this locked in this early on. But Dominic Sobislai at Liverpool, um, he looks move. good. <laughs> I don't really think there's anything else that needs to be said. I got to say, uh, and I might be wrong. I might be wrong tactically about this, but for some reason, you know, what Sofa Slide does, I feel like it takes uh, something off the shoulders uh, of that front three mm-hmm. to just have to always be on, right? And they were on. They were on um, in this game uh, over the weekend. But listen, Sofa Slide also gives you a another dead ball threat. Um, and I think he's only going to grow into his role. And we know we've seen it previously uh, with Hungary. More importantly, you know, okay. Minnow fighting the, the, the big ones of UEFA. Um, Dominic Sobislai is capable of taking the pressure, putting on his shoulders and getting better because of it. So mm-hmm. I think he's just starting there. Um, and it, it's been a seamless move. And I think he's also going to make the Darwin Nunes, uh, the Diaz, the, the, the Diogo Jota, and Mo Salah, too. Um, they're going to make them even better um, and more playing like themselves all the time, not doing too much. So I really, really like this signing for Liverpool. Um, and it was really hard to pick because there were so many U23s mm-hmm. moving clubs. That's, that's, uh, that, there's so many we haven't talked about. Doku, yeah. that, there's many, there's many oh that we gosh. haven't talked. Even even Xavi Simmons, Xavi, ooh, yep, Xavi Simmons that goes to PSG for six million and then on loan. No Caicedo though, no Caicedo, <laughs> no Caicedo. But people, let us know if you have Caicedo in the comment section down below, and don't forget to like this video for more videos just like this. Here, last topic here in the podcast, we had to go bold here because it was the summer transfer window, and it was an extremely special one. So here, yep. the best teams in this summer transfer window, FC Wonder Kid thoughts right here. I'm wearing the yeah. jersey. I got to talk about them. And I believe, Breton, Barca, Barca went bold in this transfer window. Barca, they did. this is the least amount spent, okay? This is the least amount spent in a summer since 2005, okay? And inflation has happened. Juan Laporta did this this transfer window with Barca, and they signed João Félix on loan. They got João Cancil, Oriol Romeo for $5 million, the only transfer that uh, cost them money. Then they got 
Inigo Martinez and Gundogan. They cost them money for the transfer fee. All of them cost them money, yep. okay, people? <laughs> <laughs> but to see Gundogan in the Barca jersey, yeah. to see Jean Felix now in the Barca jersey, and to see Cancelo that Cancelo and Balde has the potential this season already to be the best fullback duo in the Champions League. They have the potential yeah. to be that. If Cancelo gets that form, that I believe it will happen, go bold with Xavi. And La Liga, I think now Barca, with these transfers, they're favorites to win La Liga. People don't understand how ridiculous Jean Felix is going to be. I am very, very optimistic with that because he's just seeing it with the sacrifice, with the intention, and with the purpose that he has to succeed. If Felix doesn't succeed at Barca, he can't get $100 million one day in Saudi Arabia for one season. Okay? That's the, guy, that's the world-class status he wants to get. And he will get it, I believe, at Barca. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I think they were the second smallest net spend uh, out of all the La Liga clubs. Um, and there were only, I think, two La Liga clubs that, that even spent uh, beyond double digits. And we know one of them was Real Madrid. Uh, the other, I think, was like, oof, Betis or Sociedad or something like that. But yeah, I believe it or not, I got Barcelona in here, too. Um, I mean, Bar Barcelona, you, I, I said it before, I'm a financial stickler. Um, what, what we used to get in fight about, uh, fights about were, uh, all the different levers they and this and that. that. And they, they, they had they, to. and yeah, I understand, but they've also been punched in the, in the mouth multiple times thinking that they were going to get investment, mm -hmm. um, and only to have that money not actually get paid. Uh, so for them to still pull off. Uh, a window where they are definitely on paper much better team than they were at the beginning of the window, and to do it with this type of net spend. Um, yeah, I agree. This goes all back to Laporta. It goes back to the draw of Xavi, um, and I, I'm I'm here for it, man. I just hope that with that Cancelo uh, Balde um, flanks, uh, I hope Ronald can stay uh, as healthy as healthy can be uh, the majority <laughs> of the season. But ultimately, dude, I mean, they're, I mean, they're most... Yeah, Laminia Malls, uh, and that's the thing here, right? This is like reverse Chelsea. They have the young guys. They have developed the young guys. They have still sold off, probably for cheap, too cheap, in my opinion. They have sold off the guys that likely won't get the minutes. Mm -hmm. But they have the guys, and they're giving the chances. Laminia Mall was just called up by mm -hmm. La Furia Rioja, right? True. By the Spanish national team. And he, when he does play, very likely will become the youngest ever to play in Spanish history. And to be honest, he's replacing, not to be honest, he's replacing Gavi to do that. And they know that they can bring in guys like Gundogan. They can bring guys like Cancelo. They can bring guys like Oriol Romeo, who's more of a role player. Mm -hmm. uh, and Anigo Martinez, who's more of a role player. They can do that because they have that youthful exuberance. They got the game changers developing under their wings. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lewandowski's lending a hand too. He's going to be happy to have maybe a little more support. Maybe. But like the craziest transfer from a mm -hmm. monetary perspective that they made was like Noah Darvish. True. You know, uh, one of the great young little German youth That's internationals right. that may, or may not amount to nothing. So I love this window from Barcelona. I know you don't hear me say that that often, <laughs> but I do. I do love it. And Gavi so. is, has his 100th game, okay, this weekend. Uh, Gavi has That's played crazy. 100 games for Barca at the age of 19. So seeing the amounts of youth, Ronaldo Rouge, Alejandro yeah. Balde, Pedri, Laminha Mal now, like even Frankie De Jong, yeah. he's not old. He's young. And to yeah. get Felix with a striker ahead of him of Lewandowski, 
get ready, people. He's going to be feeding yeah. the beast, okay? This is going to be a very different Barca team. But leading up, so with a different club that, look, this club is honestly a testament to A-stars. No, A-level. Every transfer window. And I'm happy, because I'm wearing the Barca jersey, that Anzu Fati <laughs> is now on loan mm. to Brighton. The oh, best yeah. team yeah, yeah, yeah. for him to develop, okay? In the Premier League, with the Serbi, with Mitoma. It is so interesting now. And Brighton, mm -hmm. boy, oh boy, please bring us back a world-class potential player that we saw at the beginning of, the career, uh, of his career at Barca. That's what's needed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be going against the belief of that happening when the Zerbi is coaching. So Brighton right. is my big, big highlight because they got $187 million in sales this summer with immediate transfer income. And they still have Mitoma, Bart Verbruggen, Estupinian, Gilmore, Enciso, and Evan Ferguson scoring hat-tricks that literally will be sold mm. for more than £100 million pounds next yeah. transfer window if he continues. So Brighton, yeah, that, that keep going bold. <laughs> that Billy Gilmore that was not good enough uh, oh, for, yeah. for Chelsea. They could not find the playing time for <laughs> Chelsea. No, it, it's wonderful to see him actually uh, get his just dues. But listen, ba -baleba. Carlos Baleba, yes! yeah, Baleba is one we all we all got to be watching because he was great. Uh, he we haven't seen him too much with Lille. Does, um, yeah, but but we know we know Brighton's done their homework, and that and that is the difference, Alex. That is the difference between Brighton. Uh, Brighton's transfer window, and then say Chelsea. Don't excuse uh, just signing players for action, mm -hmm. right? Right. There's action, and then there's really concentrated action. There's uh, Brighton knowing why they're signing these players. They're not True. panicking. They still have a net positive of almost a hundred million plus oh. over the last five years, even with all the different players they've brought in uh, because they have a system. But that Ansu Fati deal. That would not have gotten done if it was anyone other than Roberto De Serbi. Fucked. Completely okay, it, it, would, it wouldn't have. Huge it factor. It wouldn't have. So, yeah, it, absolutely huge factor. And I don't even have Brighton here because I was hoping you would speak about <laughs> them and I could kind of piggyback on it. Uh, because you know who I want to actually focus on in the Premier League? And I'm sorry, I don't even really have a ranking here. Mm -hmm. But I want to focus on West Ham United. Yes. I kind of alluded to this earlier. No, it's Listen, true. West Ham United had two great seasons before last season. Mm -hmm. And then to save last season, they won the Conference League, and that's why they're in the Europa League this season. So if you forget that even happened, and you look at what they're doing so far to start the year with three wins and one tie, mm -hmm. one draw, sorry, my, my American uh, just <laughs> came out. Um, and you look at what they're doing, and you, and you look at the players that they were able to bring in after Declan Rice left. Mm -hmm. Now, they had time to prepare for this because they knew likely Declan Rice was going. It's just a matter of how much. But the fact that they were also able to unload Skamaka, who was already scored in Syria, mm -hmm. and um, bring in guys that, again, make them instantly better, like James Ward-Prowse, Mohamed Kudus, and Edson Alvarez, I think they're better off than when they had Declan Rice. And that's not just in these four um, these four uh, fixtures to start the year. Um, I really do think this is a better team moving forward when you marry it to the fact that Jared Bowen, uh, Suchek, uh, some of the guys that flagged a little bit last year and had some of their worst years, they're back to playing very respectable football mm -hmm. under David Moyes. Moyes is not going to give you the prettiest style of play, but if he can maybe 
you know, teach an old dog a new trick, if we can teach Moyas a new trick and inject the kudus and keep a Paqueta, mm-hmm. uh, Paqueta happy in there, West Ham does have the ability, I've said it casually over the last week or two, they have the ability to actually improve upon an eighth place, seventh place per, uh, finish. They could be the, the, the team that we I thought might be Villa this season. I'm actually going to say it now because I really, really do like their bones. I think they need to do a little more work in the winter. Uh, um, and they need they have a glaring hole at striker. Exactly. They need depth for Antonio. I, um, so he, it, it, it's just, to yeah. be honest, they were focused. I'm not going to talk about at all. You'll see this. I'm not going to talk about Manchester City. I'm not going to talk about Arsenal. I'm going to, uh, mainly because they were so targeted in what they did. They knew that they had a plan. Yes, Arsenal have gotten a bad roll of the dice with Timbers' injury. That was but unlucky. I'm not going to talk about them because they were smart. Those are great, great signings. I'd expect no less from first and second in the transfer window. But for West Ham to lose one of their biggest players of Ever. recent years and, and to go out and have a, a really good window... Uh, I think that they deserve more credit for what they did. They saved it for late, but they got it done, I, and that's important. I agree with you, but I don't give them a five-star rating because they have known that with Moyes, they have the striker yeah. issue too. And if they have signed Skamak in the past, it's because they've realized yeah. it. And Danny Ings is the substitute for Antonio, and that is an issue in my opinion, especially when it's they true. play Europa League football too. That's that they're going to be. I know they had conference league last season, but like Europa yeah. League football still there. But I agree. New midfield. They're looking better. Another team yeah. that I think is underrated that I have to mention here. It's Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen this season have mm-hmm. four wins in four games. They have 19 goals scored and only three suffered. They, despite selling Musa Diaby, I can state confidently they're a, that they're a much better team this season. Yeah. Bayer Leverkusen, I think, will be finishing top three because they will have a Florian Wirtz, a Boniface, a Hinkapi, a Adam Olzek, and the signings of experience of Hoffman and Schalke with the, with Xabi Alonso leading away too. Do not yeah. sleep for them in the Europa League too and watch out for what they're doing because this is just ridiculous. That Ah, I forgot to say. I literally, I yeah. think Leverkusen, have with talents. They have leading talents in their position for the future. I think Fringpong is one of the best right-back talents in the world. I think Wirtz yeah. is one of the best cam talents in the world, attacking midfielders in the world. I think Boniface is one of the best young strikers in the world. And Henkepi and Kosonu, they've got potential. Look, they have potential. So Leverkusen, pay a lot of, att- pay a lot of attention to them because they might be the new Dortmund. <laughs> I didn't say they, it. <laughs> they, no, no, I I actually agree. I've paid more attention to them than I have Dortmund uh, relatively recently. I, uh, I, but I they, they threw a real screwball one in there. Mm. At the end of the window, they signed uh, Nathan Tella uh, from, from Southampton. From Southampton yes. Who 20, scored some, right? you know, uh, yeah. Um, and I just, I, I, I was not expecting that at all but my guess is chubby wanted him and um they're they'll, he'll probably do wonders for him i think their biggest coup this this season was actually holding on to frimpong um i 100 percent thought jeremy frimpong was on his way out the door um but i'm happy to see that he wasn't because i think chubby's got draw and he's holding these guys there uh showing them that he's got he's got something to offer them that they might have a chance mm-hmm. i don't know about unseating byron but uh, definitely second place is where I got them in my preseason. So, yeah, no, great, great shout. My last transfer window uh, is 
got to be PSG. I, I mentioned this previously with Manu Ugart uh, coming in, but that's not the only thing. Um, craziest thing that they had to do was they had to consolidate around one ego, right? Killing Mbappe, um, Messi's gone, Neymar's gone for $90 million to Saudi Arabia, and what it comes down to is you got to make Mbappe happy even if it's one more season that you've got him, and boy, did they do that. Completely new strike force. You got 95 or 80 million base spent on Kolo Muwani, a label teammate. Uh, you've got Bradley Barcola coming in. You've got Usmane Dembele. You've got Lucas Hernandez. Um, you've got uh, sh- even little uh, younger guys, right? Not little guys, but guys that are going to tr- try and actually just siphon off as much as they can get from Mbappe, like Kang and Lee um, and Shernador. But you've got sh- very shrewd signings like. Uh, Marco Asensio and Milan Skriniar. So PSG has done everything to kind of not only make Mbappe's potentially last year as big as possible, but to also set themselves up for the future without him. Um, I I do. I agree. Yeah. Luis Enrique is the the big pool here, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that type of window is happening under a guy that I I liked previously for his time at Lille. Uh, We don't need to talk about him, Uh, but this is Luis Enrique's team. This is Luis Enrique's team, and everyone here has got um, his go-ahead. I think the only wild card is going to be the young signing from Lyon. What a a guy like Bradley Barcola can actually bring to the team. I'm a little surprised PSG spent as much as they did on a player after a very small amount of time. He only broke in for Lyon. Um, I think it was September of 2021 that he broke in for Lyon. So that could wind up being an absolute steal, or it could wind up being another uh, Hugo Ekatike, right? Some scouts tell me Barcola is one of the best French talents in the world right now. Okay, uh, behind no, Mbappe, behind Dembélé, they they's very highly rated. So I've even had people saying Barcola is ahead of Ryan Shirky. That I've, wow. I've and I disputed at the time. And to see now Barcola going to PSG, that might be the case. But yeah. just going what you might said be. with PSG, this is a new front trio too. Mbappe at the left, Colomani or Gonzalo forward, and then Dembele yep. at the right. And Asensio Kang in Lee as options. Ridiculous. And to go from Ekiteke to Colomani or Gonzalo that's a clear upgrade. And a new midfield trust in the youth with Vitinha, Zaire Emery, and Ugar. Yeah. Completely agree with what you said. Beautiful. So, I, big teams in this transfer window. I have to. I have to say Man City. For me, Man City, they lose Gundogan. They lose Mares, And they're stronger right now. It's unreal to me to think that, like, Doku is now there. I, I was absolutely yeah. shocked when that happened. And do not sleep on Mateusz. Nunch, okay? Guardiola went to City. Doku went to City. Kovacic went to City. And for sure, remember that Mateusz Nunch went to City too. He's going to ball out with Pep Guardiola. Something that he even said that he was one of the best midfielders in the world when Mateusz Nunch was at Sporting. So, get ready to see Mateusz Nunch masterclass at Man City. But I have to mention too, Real Madrid. Real Madrid, despite not getting Kylian Mbappé, they had an unreal window that they took Arda Guler from Barcelona. Yeah. They signed Fran Garcia for $5 million, And they signed Jude Bellingham. That is a, a $100 million impact type player. World-class straight from mm-hmm. the bats. And Florentino Perez keeps doing this. Elite business. Yes. <laughs> and um, we got to go to that new stadium, Breton. We got to go to yes. the new Bernabeu. Like seeing the goal of Bellingham, the fans, the... The scenes, mate, I was already yeah. thinking. 
Madrid plane ticket. <laughs> uh, yeah, FC FC Wonder Kid on tour. Come on, what's stopping us? <laughs> um, hey, that's a good mention, shout mate. out. Shout, shout out in the in the final final moments of this. Shout out to all those teams that are likely going to be fighting for relegation in the Premier League this season because they do not stop throwing money. Luton. Um, <laughs> it, it is it is absolutely except Luton. Uh, they they're just happy to be there and and it was great to see them get their first goal. But listen. Bournemouth and the, the the transfers that they've done to be relevant in the Premier League this season, my goodness, I could I could be here for another thirty minutes walking through all the signings. Nottingham Forest getting Ibra Ibrahim Sangare from PSV Eindhoven for thirty million after selling one of their staples in Brennan Johnson, I, I just unreal business that shows you uh, that I believe it's something like one point two or maybe it's more than that, like two point over $2 billion of actual transfer money spent um, by the Premier League. So I know I sit here and I argue about the merits of the Saudis doing it versus the Premier League doing it. And I guess the only real in-between there is financial fair play and, and revenue and things of that nature. But my goodness, the clout of the Premier League is just absolutely insane. That Teams that will finish 16th, 17th, and 18th or so in the Premier League are throwing 30, 40 million at some phenomenal, phenomenal players. Hey, Forrest, um, that's a good shout at the end. I believe Forrest could be a Sangar. team to watch in this transfer window. Sangare for I 30 agree. million. Vlako Dimes mm-hmm. from Benfica for nine. Nuntavaj, they got him from yeah. Arsenal. I see here Nicolas mm-hmm. Dominguez from Bologna for 15 yeah. million. And even Amurilu from Corinthians, too. That is a very interesting shout and mega active. In the deadline day, Nottingham Forest and Divock Origi. Oh my days! Yeah. They signed everything. It's crazy. But let us know it's crazy. what you what you wanted to see in episode 121. What are, what have we missed? But and if you're listening until now to episode 121, we're just asking for a like, okay? So please go bold and smash that like button and comment down below your thoughts about this one. And again, people, thank you so much for going bold in another episode. Take care.